We're talking about the arrival. That is our theme this year. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to begin with our Advent lessons. And we're going to talk about hope. That's going to be our theme. That's going to be our subject matter today, Advent hope. Uh, if you look in the back of your sheet of paper right here, um, for the whole month, we're going to be reading. Amen. Amen, Pastor. We're going to be reading. So this is going to be your devotion for the month of December. Amen. We're going to be doing what? Reading. And this whole week, we're going to focus on hope. No matter what you're going through, we're not going to be thinking down. We're going to be thinking what? Hope. Amen. And the reason we're going to be thinking about hope, because when you think about waiting for the arrival, or waiting for Jesus to come back, amen, it's an amazing thing, you know, because um, just think about it. We're waiting for something. We have something to look forward to. One of the things I was sharing in my book is that when I was unsaved, when I was a Hindu and I was demon-possessed, the demons kept telling me, there's something coming. There's something coming. There's something to look forward to. And I call that false hope. Amen. They kept pulling, pulling me in directions, pointing me to things that didn't bring me any hope. Amen. And so when I think about now that I know Jesus, come on somebody, and now that I know him, but now that I understand his plan, and his plan is to come back. Amen. And so our theme today and for this month is the arrival. Amen. First, uh, if you go to Luke chapter 1, and, and, and what we're dealing with today is, uh, what we're dealing with today is the, the coming of Jesus Christ. But I want to look at Luke's account. We're going to look, we do, we'll do 25 verses to date. Amen. We're going to look at the first 25 verses of the book of Luke, and that's what you're going to be reading. But picture someone you want to disciple in the Christian faith. It could be a child, a parent, a brother, a sister, a friend. And the question is, where would you take them? Amen. To try to teach them about, amen, the importance of understanding the plan of God. Amen. And the plan of God has always been, amen, to save that which is lost. Amen. And God sent his son, Jesus, amen, to die on Calvary's cross for us. Amen. But, but Jesus, what I love about the Bible, the Bible has an account of, amen, God's plan to redeem lost man. Are you with me? God's, God's, the Bible has a what? A plan to re, to what? To redeem what? Lost men. All right? And so that's what it's about, right? We were lost, saints. Amen. And in this Advent season of preparation, you know, why do you think it's important? Let me just ask this question. Why do you think it's important for us to embrace the Advent? How many of you? Why, why do you think it's an important thing for us to embrace the Advent, just the Advent by itself? Anybody? Because maybe I'm teaching you something you don't want to learn. See? 
All right. What is it? Anticipation. Can I ask you a question? Do we really think about anticipate Jesus coming back uh, in December? Let's tell the truth now. Amen. <laughs> we celebrate Easter real good, right? Resurrection. They call it Easter, but it's resurrection, right? But but what else could it do for us? What 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 else? What else could it do for us? Strengthen our hope or give us hope, right? Be- but also raise awareness. You follow what I'm saying? When there's something wrong in a community, what do, what do we try to do? We try to, if there's crime in a community, if there's a serial killer on the loose, right? What do we do? We raise awareness. Amen. And that's the key. The key is, as believers in Jesus Christ, you and I should be aware of the fact that the advent is pow- it's a powerful witnessing tool. But it's, it, listen, if you've lost hope this season, I don't know what your life has been like this month. This, I'm sorry, this year. Uh-huh. Right? But at least now I can stop and pause for a minute. Amen. And say, you know what? You know what? It may not have went well, but I have something to look forward to. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know when he's going to show up. But the Bible is very clear about how when the bridegroom is, amen, the bride and the bridegroom and the preparation. And and the Bible also talks about when Noah was here, right? How Noah was building this ark, right? And, and, and the people were, the Bible said they were marrying, they were drinking, they were partying, they were having a good time. They were at the mall, they were at the gallery, all that. Amen. But then all of a sudden, it was time to go. And you know what? They missed it. Watch this. And only eight people out of billions of people made it on the ark. Come on and say amen. Watch this. Do you want to be one that misses this? You don't want to miss this, right? You want to be one, amen, that, uh, that you're in tune with what's happening, amen, in, in, watch, in your faith. Amen. Listen, in all these other faiths, let me tell you something. They are very clear who they're waiting for. Amen. And not only that, but they're waiting for someone and they're waiting for something to happen. But can I say this? You can put your hope in Jesus Christ, saints. And in this season, amen, the word Advent means coming or arrival. The focus for the entire season is the preparation to celebrate the birth of Jesus the Christ in his first advent and the anticipation of the return of Christ the King in his second advent. So he already came. So we're going to look at his first advent. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 now. Amen. And somebody read that for me. I love Luke. I love this writing from Luke. Let me explain something to you real quick. Luke is writing to Gentile believers, newly converted believers. And he was sharing with them and testifying to them about Jesus the Christ. He presents Jesus as Messiah. He presents Jesus as King. He presents Jesus as Savior. Amen. He has a combination of titles that and how he presents Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And so we're going to look at, okay. So, all right, read for me and then I'll explain something to you real quick. Watch this. Stop right there. What Luke, Luke was a doctor, right? And Luke, the writer, was a doctor. And Luke gives us details. But what Luke is saying here is that he's giving us fact. So the reason I can have hope in everything I'm reading in the Bible is because we have an eyewitness. Amen. And we have a credible witness. Amen. About the events that has taken place in as much as it pertains to Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if you've ever doubted Jesus. I don't know if you've ever doubted. Some people see Jesus like a fairy tale, you know, like, like this figment of imagination or something like that. But, but I love what the gospels do. The gospels present, presents Jesus as a real person. Now, watch this. Luke says, I'm writing as an eyewitness and servants of God. Verse 3. Notice what he says. He says he has eyewitnesses, servants of the word, but as a doctor. Come on, somebody. As a doctor, what did he do? He investigates everything. So what we have here is fact. Fact. I'm going to show you something. Tell your neighbor fact. You can't have hope in something if it's DC Comics. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help somebody today. Amen. And if you ever notice, DC Comics, they always put a character as a savior. Lord have mercy. And, and I don't know what they're trying to sell you this season. Amen. They're trying to X Jesus out of Christmas. But the X in Greek is really a J. <laughs> so in Greek, it's, pro it's pronounced Jesus or Jesus. You follow what I'm saying? So, Jesus, actually, because there's no J's in, in Greek, right? So, so the, the world is trying to tell us that Jesus isn't real. But watch this. But I love the fact that Luke begins his letter knowing the culture that he lived in. Of Gentiles who doubted, amen, every account of Jesus. Can I help somebody with something? The world doesn't want you to focus on Jesus, y'all. They want you to focus on coupons and, amen, and big fr Black Friday sales. And I'm not knocking it because I go. But, but <laughs> watch what I'm saying. with this. The world doesn't want you to put Jesus in Christmas. So this is why they no longer say Merry Christmas. They say Happy Holiday. I wish I had somebody. Amen. You can't have no Happy Holiday without Jesus. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and look, and some of you hung around some of your family members this week, huh? This week, huh? You find out some stuff, huh? <laughs> Amen. What you find out? That they need what? Come on, somebody. And if you can't present a solid, come on, somebody, a solid presentation of Jesus, then what hope do they have? Say, I have hope 
Amen. Because Jesus is real. But Luke presents a sound, solid, concrete account of the first advent. Read it for me. Go on now. He says, investigate everything carefully from the what? Uh Uh-huh. Theophilus. Now, Theophilus was a Jewish believer, a Jewish disciple. Now, watch this. Luke is writing this whole book. Come on, somebody. Do you know what the word Theophilus means in the Greek? Friend of God. I wish I had somebody. And what Luke is doing, he's writing to a man who names whose name means friend of God. How can you be a friend of God and know nothing about him? Come on, help me somebody. You know, a lot of times we we repeat, you know, we really, we borrow and we, you know, we imitate real well in the Christian faith. So what he's saying, I'm writing to you, Theophilus, friend of God. Come on, somebody. About all these things that I have seen, heard, investigated, and now I'm bringing it to you. He says, so that you might know the exact what? Truth. Hallelujah. About the things you have been what? Taught. You have to be taught this thing, y'all. Amen. Some things you catch, but some things you got to be taught. (laughs) Amen. And so he goes on. He says, in the days of Herod King of Judah, there was a priest named Zacharias, amen, of the division of the Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were, brought, they were both righteous in the sight of God. Watch this now. Here's their walk. They were, they were walking what? Blameless, blamelessly. In all the commandments and the requirements of God. So here's the thing. So up until this point from Luke's account, remember this. There is a 400 year gap between what's called the intertestamental period. Um, um, The intertestamental period Amen. Where there's 400 years of silence from Malachi to Matthew. God had went flatline. In other words, he was not speaking audibly, but he was still working behind the scenes. All right. I want you to understand what's happening. The end, the last book in the book in the Old Testament is Malachi. Everybody know that? Last book is what? All right. From Malachi to Matthew, God ain't saying nothing. Amen. But he's working. He's orchestrating. He's putting things together, right? He's getting it up to this point where we are now. Luke writes, and and he gives an account here about what was this. So there are over... 500 to 600 to over a thousand prophecies that has been fulfilled 
Amen. By Jesus Christ in the New Testament. All right. So this particular prophecy here has been predicted in the Old Testament. And now we have the account that is getting ready to happen in the New Testament. Now, in order for a prophecy to be true, amen, the prophet has had to be solid. And then his words that he has spoken, amen, has to come to pass. Now, this has been written over 2,000 years ago that this would happen. Amen. And here we find the fulfillment of the prophecy. I find it interesting that after God goes flatline, amen, that he begins now to move in a prophetic way. Amen. He begins to bring to pass. You, you ever, you ever, has anybody ever promised you something or, or do you feel like God has promised you something? You know what I mean? You feel like, man, you know what? God has promised me something. I, I just got this feeling. You follow what I'm saying? And if you go to the God's word, you'll find some of those promises, right? But have you ever had someone promise you something and it, it has yet to come to pass? Right? Now watch this. It doesn't mean that it's not going to come to pass. But it all depends on the timing of when it will come to pass. And that's what we find with prophecy. Prophecy is about God's timetable, not our timetable. And so we can't predict the arrival, but we can have hope that the arrival will happen. Reason I say that is because when you look at the first arrival, come on somebody, you can see that it was prophesied and then it was brought to pass. Now watch this. There are a lot of things that has been written in the Bible that says and that points to that there will be a second advent. I wish I had somebody. And if you look at those things that has been prophesied, some of them are coming to pass even today. Are you with me? Now, you say, what does it have to do with anything? Well, let's read on right quick. We find that God has chosen this couple from the priestly line of Aaron. Are you with me? Watch this. But they were the kind of people that walked what? In all the commandments and requirements of Lord. In other words, even though God wasn't speaking, they were living according to the word of God. See, here's what happens to us in between Jesus coming back. We can live carelessly. Amen. We can live without concern. We can live as if, you know what, I'm building my life. It's all about me. And you know what? That hope will run out on you. But if you have hope in the right one, amen. Watch this. Watch this. It says, but they had no child because Elizabeth was what? Barren, and they were both advanced in years. This seems like a running theme throughout the Bible. We find Samson, we find Samuel, amen, and we find Isaac, Isaac, amen. We find them having the same type of situation where there's barrenness surrounding these miracle births. Are you with me? I wish I had somebody. Now, as a woman living in those times, to be barren 
was to be cursed. And Elizabeth lived with this on her mind. She had come to a place where she was beyond having children. I'm going to go somewhere with you right there with that. Watch this. Some of us, we've just given up on that dream. Come on, some, I'm not having a baby. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> so you're like, I don't want no more baby. Yeah, I got you. Uh, you. You've given up on that dream. You've, you, you say, you know, I'm too old for that. Or I'm too old to do that. Or, I, I, you know, I'm past my age. But let me say something to you. You, you can't count out God. Let, let me say this to you. If you're willing, God's going to do what he's going to do. Amen. Anyways. So whether you're willing or not, eventually you'll line up. But barrenness was a sign of being cursed. And, and I find it interesting that even though she was barren, she still lived righteously. Come on, somebody. She still walked blamelessly. She still followed the commandments of God and she still kept the requirements of the Lord. And sometimes in this journey, saints, what we do is we get to the point where you ever been there before, where you just don't care no more. You know, you're like, well, you know what? Forget it. Amen. Forget it. And I see a lot of believers giving up on their holiness. Come on, somebody. I talked about this last week. Giving up on their righteousness because like a little kid, things aren't going their way. Or they have come to accept their condition as final, not realizing that you can still have hope in a hopeless situation. Do I have somebody? Look what he says. He said, now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before, the, before God. See that? He didn't stop doing what he was supposed to do. Watch this. In the appointed order of his division. According to the custom of the priestly office, the Bible says he was chosen by lot. In other words, they were they were shooting dice. Back in those days, they would take a straws and they would pull them. And whichever one was the shortest, amen, that would be the one, amen. That's how they would distinguish who was chosen. And it shows me that God is involved even in chance. And what seems like chance is really faith, but it's also God's sovereign control over the dice. I wish I had somebody. He knows to where to let the number fall. Amen. And it, 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 listen, God is looking for a particular person to carry out. Listen, we wouldn't choose this couple. Amen. They, they're barren. They ain't got nothing to lose. They're about to die. The Bible said they were advanced in age. We don't know how old, but they were advanced in age. And I find that everything surrounding the birth of Jesus has to do with something extraordinary. A miracle, right? Everything around his birth. Watch the text. It says here that, that he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. In other words, his duty was to go in and burn the incense. 
light the incense and get that sweet aroma. Now, incense is symbolic for prayers. Amen. The Bible says our prayers go before God as incense. The question is, when you pray, how does it smell to God? What's the aroma we let out in our prayer? So we have a problem. They're barren. (laughs) They're beyond the age of having children. What's the point, God? What's the point of zeroing in on this story? Why is this story so important around the birth of Jesus Christ? And I'll show you why. As he was, as the people were outside praying, amen, verse 11 says, and an eight, now I find it interesting that God would give revelation in his church, come on somebody, of what he was about to do next. So what I'm saying is, if you want information, pull it up on the internet. <laughs> if you want revelation, Come on up here in the church house and you never know that this year may be your year that God reveals something to you that you have never seen before about your life. And maybe you are barren, but maybe you have kept the rules. Amen. You stayed the course. You followed his word. You you have praised him. You have lived your life. Amen. In such a way that it brings glory to him. And now he says, your time is coming where I will reveal to you something amazing. Do I have somebody? There's nothing like revelation, y'all. There's nothing like revelation. Inspiration is one thing. But when you can open up the Bible, come on somebody. And you can start reading and the the words just start tearing off the page. And God starts showing you things about his character, his makeup. And and then shows you how to take the word and put it in your life. Listen, you can hear all you want. But if you can't apply this thing, listen, you're just going through the motions. Are you with me? But I thank God. That God had predicted this. He had said this to his, his, his prophets before. Let's look on. Somebody read for me. Verse 11. Standing, all of this is symbolic. Where he was standing was important. Watch this now. He's just going in burning incense. Right? An angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, now here's the thing now. Whoo, he's in there. The angel appeared to him. The word, the word for angel, uh, let, let me explain this to you, is it, where we get that, that English word, oh, not a Greek word, angelos. Angelos. The word in the Greek means messenger. Are you with me? A what? A messenger. Now, in Revelation, they refer to the pastor of the church as Angelos. Amen. The messenger. I'm trying to help somebody. Amen. 
Now, I find it interesting that God would use a divine being. Amen. A supernatural being. To give the revelation and the announcement of what's to come next. This is Gabriel. Now, if you don't know anything about angels, amen. Gabriel is cold. All right, that's all I'm going to say. Gabriel, Gabriel was the, is the kind of angel that will come to you and that he will release, amen, whatever God has for you and bring to pass a lot of the things that you've been asking God for. I'm trying to help you with something. Let, let me say this. When you pray, do you not know that God has a record of all your prayers? Uh-huh. Watch this. The things that you prayed for, that you've given up praying for, like they had given up praying for, for they had given up praying, amen, for a child. At this point, they're at the place where they ain't praying about a child no more. And I believe it's after you've come to a place of acceptance, amen, that God said, ain't over yet. And you know what, I, you know what I love about this story? There's so much hope in this story. Because we see the, watch this, the difficulty, but we also see the fact that it should not have happened. And that's what's so beautiful about having hope in Christ, because he can do the impossible. You know what I said? I said the impossible. I never thought in my wildest imagination that I would be here today. Come on, help me somebody. And look at where you are now. Amen. So tells me that God can do the impossible. Amen. R read on for me. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel. And fear gripped him. Mm -hmm. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. Watch this now. Which petition? Which 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 petition? He was just in there to burn incense. I'm trying to help somebody. Every now and then when God give you access, you ought to put a prayer in there too. <laughs> See, we we just so black and white, man. We just, you know, listen. But praying for him was not an unfamiliar thing. Prayer to him was part of his life. You, you follow me? But watch this. But he says, watch this. He says, for your petition has been heard. And he wasn't thinking about this. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you will give him the name John. What is that all about? What is that all about? What is that all about? Why, why this? Why now? I have to show you another time, but, 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 I'll, but I'll tell you, this was prophesied. I said this last week in Isaiah 40. In Isaiah 40, they said that one will go before Jesus as a forerunner. A forerunner was the one who would go, behold, the king is coming. His job was to prepare the people for his <laughs> and, and that's what I'm trying to do this morning. 
I'm trying to say, behold, the king is coming. Get ready for his arrival. Amen. We, we've made this thing about a whole lot of other things, but I want you to know, behold, the king is coming. And on this Christmas season, not holiday, I want you and your family to be prepared for his coming. Watch this real quick. It says, you will have what? And, and, and watch this now. You will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice. He takes your sadness and turns it into gladness. He takes your barrenness because you've stayed faithful to him in your barrenness. But you never stop praying and you never stop believing. But at some point, you got to understand that what needs to happen in your life, only God can do that. And so I'm not going to give up on praying for it. I'm going to keep praying. And he says, this child you're going to have is going to give you joy and gladness. And, and watch this. Not only will you benefit from them. But everyone else will benefit from his birth. You think he's talking about Jesus. But God was, this is how God does it. He prepares, he sends the messenger. All year long I've been preaching to you. Amen. I've been telling you different things. I've been preaching different series. I've been, I'm preparing you for this. That Jesus is coming, y'all. And that you ought to await the arrival. Watch the text. The text for for he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He ain't gonna drink no forty. I mean wine or liquor. He ain't doing that. And he will be filled with the what? While yet. Now you you supposed to be in order to have the Holy Spirit. You need to be saved. So God is changing the game here. John was saved from the womb because his birth is a miracle. God can take barrenness and turn it into a miracle. I wish I had somebody. Those areas of your life that's not producing, God says, I can start working if you stay right with me. Follow my commandment. Live righteously. Come on, somebody. Show up for your priestly duties. He says, and he will turn many to the sons, watch this, of the sons of Israel back to the Lord, to the Lord their God. You know what? We need some John in this, Johns in this church. Amen. We need some Johns, but watch this. We need some people filled with the Holy Spirit who can go and tell that Jesus is coming back, y'all. Watch the text. It says, and he will go as a forerunner. Watch this. Before him, watch this now. In the spirit and power of Elisha. To turn the hearts of the fathers back to, back to the children. All these fatherless homes we have. Mm-hmm. Well, let me get started on that. Amen. See, we need someone who can stand up in the spirit of God and in the spirit of Elijah. Elijah. 
and say to the people, return. Turn your hearts back to the father. Watch this. Watch this. To the children and the disobedient. Listen, this is what Jesus came for. And the what? Listen, I know you. I didn't think about no arrival. Well, I know. I know that. I know that. But God has sent me as a forerunner. To say to not, not just the ones who are doing good. But to the disobedient, watch this, to, to the, to the, to the, turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and to the attitude of what? Righteous. That's what the arrival is all about. So as to make ready a people. Hey, prepared for who? The Lord. This message, this arrive. Listen, you've been living just all kinds of way this year. Come on, y'all. Come on now. Come on now. Amen. Some we've been good. We've been peaks and valleys. But God is saying it this season. I want you to take a look at your life. I want you to turn from that stuff. I want you to get ready. Listen, you've had your way. I get it. You've had. You, yeah, you didn't. I told you last week, you didn't smoke your weed. You didn't look, look at your pawn. You didn't did all that. But God is saying it's time. Make ready. Make ready. There's an urgency here. Make ready. Make ready. Make ready. He's coming back. Make ready. Because he said, look, look, look. He says, make ready a people prepared. For the Lord, I don't think, amen, that we should come to church and never get ready. What can we do to prepare? Live righteously. Have hope. Turn your life totally over to God. Listen, stop part-timing God this season. Oh, family. You can have a family and all of y'all going to hell. But he says, make ready your hearts because he's coming back. Being saved is one thing, but you got to serve God, saints. That's what God sent me to do is to prepare you. Zechariah said to the angel, how, see, this, this is it. This is right. How will I know this for, see, see, see. How will I know this for certain? For I'm an old man, see. He back in the natural. Stop asking how and start saying who. How can I live righteously? I'm so wrapped up in my sin, pastor. I'm so wrapped up in negativity. I'm so wrapped up in myself. I'm so wrapped up in whatever. How? You don't have to worry about the how. No who. God can deliver you. God can turn your hearts back to him. And if you're not saved, saints, you will never really experience this. Look at the text. The text says the angel said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you, man, to bring what? To bring what? Good news. And behold, you should tell you what. Watch it. Here's your sentence. I'm going to sentence you to nine months of silence because you talk too much. If God says something, take him at his word. 
The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because somebody don't believe me today. You think, man, this man needs to just shut up. He just talk, talk about arrival, arrival, arrival. What are you talking about arrival, arrival? Okay. Oh, he coming. Perhaps today. He coming back, y'all. Hope he come back after we beat the Texans today. But, he be, you know, he going to come back. He going to come back. He going to come back, y'all. He going to come back. Watch this. The people uh, were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out. He was unable to speak to them and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs, watch this, and remained what? Mute. When the days of his priestly service has ended, he went back home and after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant and she kept herself in seclusion for five months saying, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me. In the days when he looked with favor. That's hope, baby. To take away. Now, this tells me how she felt. I've seen her emotions here. She's been disgraced all her life. See, a lot of you have messed up and you're shamed. Shame hides what Jesus can heal. Are you with me? Don't be ashamed. We all messed up and jacked up and all kinds of other up. But I'm going to tell you like this. If you wait for his arrival, if you prepare, if you take the training that you're getting, you'll see him one day. One day we'll all see him. One day the Bible says he will crack the sky. The dead in Christ will rise first. They that remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And listen, and the Bible says it will be a glorious day. We will reunite with the, I ain't talking about my mom. I'm talking about with the Lord. I promise you, your mama is going to be the last thing you think about when you see Jesus. When your eyes behold him. Now, if your eyes behold him in death, how many dead people you see trying to come back? I'm waiting to, for that answer. They ain't trying to come back because what they've seen, the Bible says in that Psalm 116, it says, how precious are the death of the righteous ones. Because when we see Jesus, the last thing we're going to be thinking about, where my mama at? Where my daddy at? That's idolatry. The greatest thing your eyes will behold is Christ. And you're going to hear these words right here one day. Don't be one of the ones who are left behind because you don't want to live right. You want to talk right, but you don't want to live right. Talk is cheap. For real, people talk religion and they talk religiously and they talk righteously. But put your mouth and put your legs together. How does it look? See? 
And that's what we're doing. We're waiting for the Lord. Amen.